I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And today, if you want to embrace your truest, gayest self, that can turn you into a hot lava lady. Oh, yeah. Pow, pow. I don't know how to <laughs> do a lava sound down. effect. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're watching X-Men Evolution, and we just watched Cruise Control, and it was so gay. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the surprise because if anybody was following along they probably thought we're going to do the season finale next because that's the way it aired but yeah, I was like but we I made the argument to Maddie I was like can we just watch this one episode in order because the last two episodes of the season traumatizes both Nightcrawler and Rogue and that has not happened in Cruise Control but then it just kind of rolls over into season four so yeah I'm not sure where this episode was supposed to go this is the last fun episode of X-Men Evolution it's just gonna be dark shit from here on out until the show ends. It mm -hmm. is like the humor is going to go away. This is the last beacon of light yep. before we fall into the dark shadows of being controlled for being gay. It is a vacation episode in a very pure way. Like it is truly the episode that's like this is the final vacation in a literal sense that these kids are going to take before everything gets significantly I mean, I, worse. It for wasn't them. supposed to be that way. It just happened to turn out to be that way because they got canceled. But well, that wasn't yeah. The plan. Although I think they probably were going to keep it pretty fucking dark, even if they hadn't gotten canceled. So right. there's that. I mean, I think they did sort of see this episode as like, a, let's do something fun with them. It's it's also a bottle episode. Like it has no effect on anything else, so it's probably very easy for them to yoink it out of the season. I mean, season. it's still very queer. It's very queer. Oh, it keeps all the themes. Everybody's still in character. I'm not like saying it's not you know correct or something. I just mean plot wise. It's like it's like the Warren Worthington Christmas episode, which they also probably dropped in you know near Christmas and didn't have any huge effect on the story else wise. Um, it's similar to that in that it's like, this is the summer vacation episode. So put it whenever it we're kind of near summer vacation and that'll be fine. Some quick production history is that, well, I guess it's post-production, but this is an episode that was supposed to be released before the season finale, like I said, but it was released afterwards, like several months afterwards. Cause this is not like, okay, for anybody that's under the age of like 15, Everything was on TV. Like, it was not on streaming services. Mm -hmm. Everything, you had to wait for it to air on TV. And this episode did air, I think, in Canada, but it didn't air in the U.S. for whatever network bullshit was happening. Yeah. So the only way you could see this episode that aired, which I think came out late, and that's why this all happened is that it didn't even fit within the I mean they probably like prioritize certain episodes like if animation's going slowly they might have been like just put the vacation one on ice we don't need it right work on the other ones and let's get those out there yeah pretty much and so 
it was released and the only way you could see this is if you could like download it off of bitlord or napster or whatever the fuck was there then limewire and yeah you could find this secret extra episode this also happened to young justice right before streaming really became a thing in mm-hmm. season i don't think it, i think it was season two there was like an additional episode that came out that was between episodes but the the show was like on a break or something and yeah. then you could download it online if you knew where to look and that is kind of like what happened with this so that's how i first saw this show was in our friend cal's bedroom because they had downloaded it and i was like what is this randomness and we became so obsessed with it it was also the only episode we had four months before they finally aired it on tv and then we're like by the way i'm pretty sure they aired this episode as the season premiere of X-Men Evolution Season 4, and then it, like, rolled into the continuation of the Apocalypse story. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of, like, a weird limbo. That shit doesn't happen anymore. There's no way a streaming services could fall into limbo with episodes. It's like, it either gets released now, or you they do the thing where, like, they drop it all at once, or they go, we're releasing an episode a week, or they go, we're dropping half of it now, and then you're getting the ha- other half in like two weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the point is, we decided to watch it before the finale, because why not? Right. And also, I just thought personally, it would be kind of fun. Yeah. I know we are a little bit out of order, but it whatever. Who cares? It, this is the only time we've been out of order. This is a great episode. This is one of my favorite episodes, even though it's a, it has no further bearing on the show. And there's not really a lot of dark shit in it other than a bunch of homophobic racists existing. Well, I mean, it has some bearing. Like, I feel like it solidifies Tabitha and Amar's relationship. It it sort of brings Scott and Jean closer together, although they still haven't actually kissed yet somehow. But I guess I, we I, have to assume I they have. I think they're spending this whole cruise trying to awkwardly have sex like teenagers often do. Yeah, although it's presented as they keep trying to kiss and get interrupted, but it's like probably actually sex. Yeah, you know what's probably <laughs> happening behind the scenes is that Jean's like jerking Scott off with her mind, but they haven't kissed yet. Oh, totally. That's like, that's such a teenager move. That's so them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's talk about this episode. Do we have any previously ons that we need to do? I really don't think we do. I mean, this is so standalone. You can say that Boom Boom left the X mansion in season two because there is a reference where Storm says something like, it's, I'm glad you joined us for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tabitha's kind of like an on-again, off-again mutant where she just kind of right. shows up and she's like, I've, I'll hang out with you guys. And then when she gets bored of Xavier, she's like, see ya. Xavier's not right. in this episode, so that's another reason it's awesome. Also, like, I think they put her in this episode because, like, Amara's in it and they have all this history from the Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, the Bayville Sirens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's all those characters again. It really is the same cast. Except not Rogue. Right. Well, they reference her. They're like, Rogue. They do. They're like, Rogue didn't come. And then they just move on. There's other characters here, like Bobby's here and Multiple Man. Yeah. I think Cannonball and Roberta are also here, but they have no lines. They have no lines, but they're like in the background. I mean, I guess it's like they just didn't. There's only so many characters that they can include in certain scenes where it's like once you get beyond five or six, it starts getting like, okay, we can't keep track of what everyone's doing. It's actually possible that this episode came out before X-23. Now that I think about it, because the reason why Rogue wouldn't be there is because she's still in recovery. And at the end of of X-23, she comes out of recovery. Right. But all the other characters are here. Yeah. Although I think there's any number of places you could throw this episode and just be like, Rogue didn't come to this and it would be perfectly plausible. Right. (laughs) I was going to say 
Rogue would not want to be out in the sun not wearing anything. However, she does it all the time in the comic books where she's always walking around in a tiny bikini and be like, you can look at me, but y'all can't touch me because I'll take your mind. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Well, in this show, she's still a little kid, so she's too insecure to do that sort of thing. She's going to grow up into her sexy, can't-touch-me self. Well, also right now, she's highly traumatized, so there's that too. Yes, yes. Um. Anyway, so this is called Cruise Control. We all watched it. Let's do this. So It's gay. It starts out with a cruise ship and a Caribbean band playing on the ship and Boom Boom doing the limbo while everybody cheers. Everybody's having a great time, except for Amara, who is leaning over the side of the ship, looking seasick. And Storm walks up to her. Storm is the only adult chaperone in this entire episode, by the way. There's no Wolverine. There's no Xavier. Yeah, but I thought about that. And it's like, can you imagine Wolverine being on a no, cruise? I can't. This is like, this feels like it was Storm's idea and like Storm's personal mission. And I love that for her. Like, <laughs> it's actually amazing. She's like, I kind of want to go somewhere tropical. Fuck yeah. this shit. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, we're going to go on vacation and none of you are going to come. Beast, you are staying home. To fuck Logan or whatever you do. I mean, do. Beast, would be, Beast would be very well identified as a mutant on the cruise. Because in this whole episode, yes, that's the whole, they the whole are thing. Closeted. Nobody knows that they're mutants. Nobody knows they're queer. Yep. And so they're trying right. to keep that on the DL, which Scott has a huge problem with. But, so everybody's on the DL. Yes. Um. So yeah. So Tabitha pulls Amara away and they go, we're going to go cruise the deck, which <laughs> translates to me that they're just going to go cruise for babes, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah. And Tabitha calls Amara landlubber, which is very cute. Um. So is. Storm is basically just a little worried that Amara seems sick. And then we see a scene of Gene and Scott walking together, um, just really wanting to fuck, but not like fucking. not quite. <laughs> yeah, Gene's all like, "It's nice that nobody knows that we're a bunch of queers. I mean, mutants calling us names are giving us nasty looks." And Scott's like, "And the best part is that we can now fuck." And it's like, <laughs> and so then he goes in for it, and then they suddenly both hear giggling because it's Curtin Kitty spying on them, which is like <laughs> this. Oh my god, this really took me back. To like you spying on me and Steve <laughs> every time we did anything which this this version of Nightcrawler is me it is you it is you which like I guess I mean we've tried to explain this on the show before I don't I I don't even know how to explain it he didn't it, have a video camera though he should have had a video he should have had a video where's camera. Evan why isn't he on this ship oh, yeah wait, he no Evan's with the Morlocks I thought about I that about too that. I was like where's Evan and then I was like oh no Evan's gone right like Evan is away forever until he comes back in season four but anyway so right. kurt and kitty are jealous question mark i mean i feel like kurt is jealous because at this point scott is no longer hooking up with him you know what i made a note of note here that kurt is still cock blocking scott again which is yeah. like i never noticed it until you brought it up on the show and i'm like okay that's 100 totally what he is doing. and he's like obsessed with them like he follows scott and gene everywhere to be like ha ha you guys want to kiss but i'm here so you can't and it's like <laughs> kurt please just let scott move on <laughs> oh boy so so um, Scott is like, oh, it's a big ship. Let's find somewhere else. God, I really am Kurt. Wait, hold on. Go, let's talk about Ryan's okay, sad. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> high school history. Do you remember that guy? Okay, you know that guy I dated in high school. We're not yes. going to say his name. Yeah. But like, it was like on the DL, only a friend's knew. It lasted like about a month. And then I hung out with him for a full year after we broke up. And he dated different girls. And I kept on interjecting myself to like yeah. cock block him. 100% uh, what is what I was doing. Yeah, I know. Which <laughs> I is am Kurt Wagner. Rough. It's rough. I mean, I feel like that's kind of normal for this time period, though, where like you weren't necessarily out. So a lot of times if you were hooking up with somebody 
of the same gender, it would be on the DL and then maybe they would publicly be dating somebody of the opposite gender and you'd still kind of be like, but we're still a thing, right? He got married to a girl like and he never dealt with any of that. I know. Like, I'm pretty sure he just buried his feelings, which is awful. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, it's it's not a sad story for me, per se. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Everything's fine. Anyway, so Scott tries to yoink Gene off to some other corner of the ship where they can fuck in private. But Kirk can bamf everywhere, so they're really screwed. Anyway, they run into Bobby uh, because they see a bunch of floating ice sculptures out in the water. And there's up higher on a different deck. Bobby is like creating them out of the seawater. And he like, I know. Uh, makes I also love Scott notices it. And they're both like, Scott and Gene are like, what the fuck, Bobby? Yeah. Yeah. And so then Bobby creates one that's like this really hot girl in a bikini. And he's like, it's my salute to spring break. And it's like, which is the gayest so shit gay. I've ever seen. I mean, like, that is exactly what I would have done when I was in the closet in high school. Yeah. But like, spring break, guys, which means all the girls are going to be in bikinis. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know why it's so gay, but it just is. No, if you go to spring break and you're a straight man, you're not like getting in the car and screaming, I can't wait to see the girls in bikinis. You just go there and you look at the girls in bikinis because you want to fuck them. Not that I'm saying that you should, but like you don't make the announcement going along with it because that generally means that's not what you want to do. Yeah, it's like you don't need to say that. You don't need to insist on that. Everyone already knows that. Anyway, so Bobby like turns to his lesbian friends and he's like, what do you guys think of this hot yeah, right. ice sculpture? And Amara yeah. and Tabitha are like, it's fine. Whatever, Bobby. Um, so Magma is still looking really sick and she's just like kind of ignoring everything. And then Tabitha's like, do another one, do a bigger one. And so then Bobby does his little Titanic recreation where he just creates a huge fucking iceberg. Like there's no like further joke. It's like, what if we hit an iceberg just like the Titanic (laughs) did? And it's like, that's what he does. And then he does the little king of the world pose and like, he's like standing on top of the boat. And then Scott yells at him and he's like, Robert Drake. And Bobby falls (laughs) off the boat and and he's like, He's hanging off the edge of the boat. He's like, guys, he's like, teen overboard. I'm like, Bobby, you can literally just like skate away. You'll be fine. I know. I don't know why he doesn't just skate himself back up, but he doesn't. He's super dramatic, like hanging off the boat. And then meanwhile, we'll see a quick cut. With one arm. What arm? One arm, just like Rose in the Titanic. (laughs) And then the ship's navigator is looking at the radar, seeing this huge fucking iceberg and starts freaking out. Hits an alarm button. All these alarms start going off. We get a little commercial break for the intro. Which, by the way, I mean, he must have seen them do it because we see them in the shot when he's looking at the glacier so like he obviously saw them do all this weird shit i don't know because i don't think he like actually looks out the window until he hears like the radar go off to see the iceberg so i mean i think it's just supposed to be like he wasn't paying any attention because like it's the caribbean like you don't need to worry about icebergs in the caribbean which is the joke that they make later um so then after the commercial break scott and gene run in they save bobby gene uses her powers to levitate him back onto the boat and then Tabitha asks Amara to melt the iceberg before they fucking hit it and sink. <laughs> and Amara tries, <laughs> but her powers don't work, which is important because that's going to be explained later as to why. But for the moment, she's just really freaked out. And Scott is like, I got it. And he uses his eye beams to break up the iceberg into a bunch of little pieces. And then the boat just goes through safely. And then everybody turns to Bobby and he's just like, 
It was a joke. And it's like, okay, but the Scott turns around. He's like, Scott turns around and he's like, Bobby, I told you not to be gay on this cruise and you're being gay. And these gay stunts is going to get us ruined this vacation. Everyone's going to know that I'm gay. And I was like, yeah, and he Whoa. stomps away. And <laughs> I mean, and, okay, first of all, Scott's not wrong. That list is a bad He's not wrong. Uh, well, it was a terrible idea. Okay, creating the huge fucking iceberg. Why? Yeah, I mean, I, I think being, being yourself and being out, that's good. But creating an iceberg that could kill everyone is not, not good. good. That not is, good. Yeah. 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 And then, well Jean turns around afterwards and she's like yeah she's the good cop and she's like okay Bobby I know Scott's being a hard ass like just ignore it but also like please calm down like oh that's not what I wrote I wrote I wrote Jean says look Bobby just use some common sense okay Scott just hasn't taken it up the ass in a while and I left the strap on at home <laughs> so that she <laughs> then Amara in the background just walks away she's like I'm going to my room and like Tabitha sort of stares after her like what's wrong with my girlfriend Longingly. yeah I know also can I just say that it's funny that Jean Grey 100% would wear a strap on oh absolutely 100% we've gone over this that is why Scott and Logan Scott's enjoy having sex with yeah they both are yeah absolutely anyway back in the control room we have a little joke moment where the navigators like insisting to all the other crewmates that like there totally was an iceberg there and everyone <laughs> else is like in the Caribbean like what the fuck is wrong with you and they're like laughing at him so then we go to amara and tabitha sharing their room which is like you know two feet by two feet square really and it's really gay. gay this is really gay though right like <laughs> as, a, as a gay man that's not looking at girls like that's this is a gay scene right it is gay and so tabitha i would describe this as openly flirting where she's like could these cabins be any smaller i'm not sure if i'm brushing my hair or yours which like no one's ever said this i don't know she's why like, I, can't, I don't know if i'm like making out with myself or with, or with you, you. <laughs> and then amara like collapses into the covers and she's like i'm going back to bed then she's like saying she doesn't feel like she's actually seasick she feels like something else is wrong and she's like i felt like this once before on the plane from brazil i don't do well when i've been away from the ground for too long okay there's also a great line here though where amara says i'm not seasick it's something else and boom boom says it's not something gross is it because i accidentally used your toothbrush yeah i was like Oh my god, Tabitha, that's that is gross for real. I, it also is like 100% boom boom. I know, <laughs> I know. And so then, um, basically, Tabitha and Amara come to the conclusion that it's like part of her magma powers, but instead of actually telling Storm this, which Storm would 110% understand, they keep it a secret, which is very teenage. Like, yeah, I get why they didn't, but also they de- definitely should have just told Storm. Well, I mean, because Storm, Storm's walking over to check on them, and Storm says, Are you ready for breakfast? And boom has like that. Kimberly, she's like a Kimmy Gibbler line here where it's like ready for scarfing duty chaperone lady yes and then yeah. she says that Amara's taking a pass and then Storm goes alright well I'll beat you up for breakfast and she goes and remember don't, don't be, be gay, gay. <laughs> and Boom Boom's like hey it's just breakfast what could happen and I think in my head you could happen Boom Boom yeah you could happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, So then we go to the dining room. There's a lobster tank. That's going to matter later. And then there's a woman who we can only describe as a Karen. Yeah, honestly, it's funny that you even... Would you say that? When you're like, here's the premise of the scene. There's a lobster tank and that's going to matter later. If you did not know this episode and you're a brand new listener that not seen it, you'd be like, what the fuck? It's kind (laughs) of like the Venom movie where he gets in the lobster tank. It's like that. Um, I just watched that scene again. I watched like (laughs) half of Venom. I still have not watched the full movie. I keep on watching it when I'm in hotels because it's always on TV. It's like like an hour and a half and you can't (laughs) make it. No, it's because like it's usually playing at like like, on TV. Yeah. And you fall asleep. Right. And I'm going to bed at 
at 11 30 i'm like okay i can't finish watching this right now or else i will be tired tomorrow okay, i will well, watch it's it it's really stupid ryan you don't it's fine like you you've seen it like you can consider yourself as having seen yeah, it i've enjoyed what i've seen but i have to see the new one because the whole mcu nonsense so well yeah you have to i have to you, also you'll get in trouble with stanley's ghost if you don't watch it so hurry okay, up but, ryan. <laughs> also eddie is really hot in those movies so yeah tom hardy is gorgeous tom hardy can bend me over anytime okay back to the lobsters so there's a karen which again i literally <laughs> have to describe her as a karen because she's yelling That's what I wrote. she's yelling at an asian waiter she's blonde she's a she's a middle-aged woman like she is a stereotypical karen according to everything you describe right. her as like she's wants to speak to the manager and she's screaming over fucking nothing so she's talking about how her eggs taste bad and she's complaining about her entire meal and the waiter's apologizing tabitha is like seeing all this and is really fucking annoyed then yeah, we see already it. she's like yeah I'm she's like yeah i'm not bitch. gonna fucking deal with this shit and so then jamie is like getting waffles at the buffet and like multiplies himself a billion times so he can get more waffles and bobby is like oh my god jamie stop scott is gonna get so mad at you okay i wrote, I wrote for bobby i wrote dude scott is going to spank the shit out of you if you're <laughs> queer in public yeah and so jamie like reconfigures himself and i'm like how did no one see that that was crazy also, okay but also the idea that i just would make bobby say that makes me think like okay then bobby would purposely get in trouble right i mean isn't that kind of bobby's deal that's true like he knew they weren't supposed to do any of the things they did and he was making like huge ass ice sculptures in front of everyone this warcraft valley stories when i was 18 i always paired myself hanging out with bobby jubilee and boom boom only which is like why wouldn't you they're the most fun all the little troublemakers Seriously, yeah and then though. scott would show up and spank all of you except not because scott was totally useless in warcraft valley no, like Logan was spanking me most of the time. This is really mm-hmm, important. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the background, Scott is giving Jean a rose. And it's like really ridiculous because yes. he plucks it out of the middle of the table centerpiece. And he's yeah, like the table arrangement. Yeah. And he's like, here you go, Jean. And she smells it as though like he found it and gave it to her <laughs> from somewhere. Yeah. And Kitty and Kurt are just mocking them relentlessly. Yes. And Kurt does like a little impression of Scott and is like, Gee, darling, please accept this croissant as a symbol of my love. And then Kitty says, go ahead. Oh, Scott, you have such a way with pastry. <laughs> yeah, which this is which, the, that's line. the line. Yeah, that's the line in X-23. I think this is before X-23. I mean, I think they just already had recorded all of the episodes before they animated them sure but like in terms of like what i said before where i was like i think this happens before x-23 because rogues in recovery still yeah and also like kitty does say this line again on the phone to lance so i don't know i maybe, think maybe she was reliving this whole moment for lance and being like and then we said blah 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 and lance is like and lance is like are we gonna fuck or what <laughs> like so anyway, Kurt and Kitty kill themselves laughing at this because they are the funniest people ever. Um, and then in the background, I mean, they're they're channeling the energy that Cal and I had back in high school. Like that's exactly the shit we did. They're also like legit, very funny. Like they're the only funny part of the episode, so you may as well treasure it. I mean, they are also oftentimes the very funny characters in the comic books too. Yeah. So, so then in the background, the Karen is still screaming at this waiter and <laughs> like she's been screaming for like 10 full minutes at this point. Yeah. And so then Tabitha is like, I'm fucking done with this shit. So she creates a really <laughs> tiny bomb and throws it onto the woman's plate. And it's tiny enough that all it actually does is just like lightly explode the woman's food into her face. 
But because that happens, she stands up really startled and bumps into a waiter who's carrying like, you know, some type of flambe dish. So it's like flaming. Yeah, I was like, I it watched was this a couple fire. times because Me too, because I was like, did that get set on fire when the bomb exploded? No, it was already a plate that was on fire. Yep. Yep. And then he spills the plate and then lights an entire table on fire, which is like like instantly. instantly. Yeah. Which that probably would happen. I don't know. And so then the whole room of guests starts screaming and running away. And then instead of like finding a fire extinguisher, Jean uses her powers to pick up the lobster tank and pour the water from that onto the table to put it out, which like, yeah, and Karen okay. is just standing there pointing, going, look, she's a fucking queer. Yeah. And we're like, okay, great. And she gets drenched in water and like covered in lobsters from the tank and lobsters all start crawling away. Well, that's because somebody runs into Jean. So Jean loses control of the lobster tank. Like she was holding them back and then somebody runs into her and then all the lobsters fall out. I mean, it's all chaos and madness at this point. And so then all all the ex kids basically are like, oh, we have to get all the lobsters. And so they do that. Yeah. Multiple man is like multiplying Kurt's image inducer malfunctions because I don't know. A lobster is pinching. I think one of the lobsters pinches his watch or something. And so then he looks blue suddenly and like the Karen is like, they're all mutants and she's screaming. And then meanwhile, like Storm was out on the deck and then sees everybody like running out of the dining room screaming. And screaming. she's like, oh, my God. Great. Right. Yep. <laughs> then a commercial break happens and yep. it comes back and the opening line is Bobby, Kitty, Kurt and Boom Boom and they look really sad. People are like avoiding them. Being rude as fuck. Yeah. And Bobby says man I've never seen Aurora so mad which is important to note because that's there's a continuation to that. And Kurt sees like this mom and a kid like glaring at them and Kurt is like this Sunny Cruise has taken a major chill. Okay they weren't even glaring. The kid was running by and the woman picks him up and shields him from them. Like yeah. there's suddenly like everybody's glaring and whispering and yep. like pointing at them yeah it's not great um kitty's wearing harry potter glasses by the way i don't know why uh but she is that was the style at the time i don't know if you remember it that. was the style at the time it was everybody had helsing glasses yeah little perfect round glasses and so then right. tabitha apologizes and she's like i guess i blew it big time i mean honestly the karen ruined it not her i mean no boom boom threw the bomb at them but like the karen didn't need to jump up and scream because like her food moved around a little bit i know i mean she really overreacted how many times have my my food has exploded in my face i don't get up and scream i I just go well that happened again <laughs> anyway um so there's a pool on the boat because this is a very fancy cruise by the way so there's a guy in the pool who sees them walking by and he screams hey freaks why don't you just stay in your cabin which is like to which boom boom turns around and gets a ready to immediately blow him up yeah like she's making the fist and it's like yeah. okay don't and Bobby grabs her arm and he's like, cool it, Tabitha, just ignore those jerks. And she's like, you're right. I'm just going to go see how my girlfriend's doing and like walks away. And then Bobby uses his powers really quick to just make the pool really, really cold. He doesn't freeze it. He just like shoots a little air blast into the pool. And then all the people are like, oh, it's so cold. And they get out. I know. And that's his revenge, his subtle revenge, which I like. I liked it. He's got a really funny face here, too. So then we see Scott and Jean trying to fuck again. <laughs> I don't know why they just don't go to the room. I'm assuming they're sharing a room. Are they not? I don't. I doubt it. Storm wouldn't let that oh, happen. You know what? Scott's probably rooming with Kurt and yes. Jean's probably rooming with, with Kitty. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. You know that Kurt and Kitty are not going to give them a private room. Ever. <laughs> and Storm probably also knew that and was like, this will work. Can you imagine like Scott and Jean going back to one of the rooms and like, okay, they're not here. And they start to like maybe make out and then suddenly you're like <laughs> and yeah, like, are like phased and time. looking at them and they're like naked they're like dude 
And they're like, ha ha ha, you guys are going to have sex. Yeah, like they're never going to get laid. Anyway, they're walking down a hallway and they keep seeing people glaring at them, which now this is the boner killer for them. Is everybody like being rude as fuck? Then they're just both like, well, you know, at least the cruise will be over soon and we'll be at the Bahamas. But now there's an announcement that happens that's connected to the earlier line because the announcement is says there's some unexpected rough weather ahead, which is... (laughs) You think that's Aurora's fault? I mean, it could be. Yes. No, it is because it was just two seconds ago that Bobby says, I've never seen Aurora so mad in my life. And then two seconds later, they're like, there's some weird weather that's not supposed to be here. And I can just imagine Storm after that whole situation is flying up in the sky, getting into a thundercloud and screaming, ah, these (laughs) fucking kids. Okay, that's not actually part of the episode, but it is a pretty funny headcanon and valid, especially because Storm doesn't know how Amara is sick and like why she's sick because nobody told her. So she doesn't know this is actually causing a problem, which is too bad. So they have rough weather. So they're anchoring at St. Sebastian Island, which I assume this is a real place. It sounds familiar to me. So I think it is. Did you look it up? No. But anyway, I mean, I can. Okay, so this is a fictional island called St. Sebastian Island that is just basically a volcano And then there's some people who live there as well. And so then in Tabitha and Amara's room, after the announcement, Amara's freaking out because she's like, I have to get to shore. If I don't get on land fast, I don't think I'll make it. And Tabitha looks really worried. So the boat lowers its anchor. Gene and Scott take a look at the island on shore. Obviously, they're not actually docking at the island. They're like docking right off the coast of it and just chilling. So then more people are glaring at Scott and Gene. And Scott is like, this fucking sucks. I hate this. And Gene is like, okay. I'm going to Superman and Lois this shit. I'm going to fly you over to that island and we're going to fuck. Oh, I know. And they do. They do (laughs) do do that. that. And we get this scene where they're flying around and there's like dolphins jumping around them. It's playing like Sonic Adventure music. Yeah, it's it's cute. And then Kitty and Kurt see them and immediately follow them immediately follow them which like why and so that happens kitty goes um those bitches are leaving without us so kurt's like not for long (laughs) yeah so they teleport over there and then tabitha and amara are the only two people who actually need to get to the island and so they leave the room and tabitha's like fuck how am i gonna get you to shore and then bobby happens to show up to be like hey and tabitha's like okay (laughs) hey bitch make a little ice canoe because we need to get to shore asap So they do that and Tabitha cuddles Amara in the back of the boat and it's really cute. It is. And then we get to see the island. There's a bunch of little cute tourist shops. Honestly, the boat should have actually docked here and just let people hang out because it's a freaking adorable island. Right. And they could use the tourism, could use the money. Yeah. Why not? So then Scott's picking up a postcard and is like, oh, they've got an active volcano. Want to go spit in it? And Gene laughs and is like, let's go fuck. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And then they overhear Tabitha yelling at a street vendor who and she's like, no way. 20 bucks for a straw hat. I'll give you five and I expect a box, which is a pretty funny line. And the street vendor's like, I'm not going to fucking do that. Like, what? Yeah. I know, I know, right? And then Bobby's like, Tabitha, come on. And then he sees Gene and Scott. He's like, oh, hey, Gene and Scott. This is a sweet island, huh? And Scott's like, why the fuck are you here, too? And Bobby's like, it's a mission of mercy. We had to get Amara to dry land before she flipped shit. And Boom Boom's like, we're taking her up to the hot springs for some hot, healing bubble water. Do you want to join us? And Scott's like, uh, no, but maybe those two would. And then Kurt and Kitty happen to also be there. They're like, hey, what's up? Want some bananas? And it's like... <laughs> yeah, and Gene is just like, can you all remember to not be gay, by the way? And Tabitha's like, it's 
fine. It's like the last time you said that you threw a bomb at a Karen and it caused problems for everyone. I, mean, I don't know. I'm with I'm with Boom Boom for throwing a bomb at a Karen. I know. <laughs> so. I am too. I am too. And also Boom Boom, I mean, she's actually fine. Like it's it's okay for the kids to be hanging out in the wilderness. That is not what the right. issue ends up being. Well, well, the next scene is Kitty, Kurt, and Amara and Tabitha going up these hot springs. It's playing sexy music. They get into the hot springs and there's literally a minute of all four of them going oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh oh kurt kurt makes a comment that the water is tingling his fur which to me is like okay so he's getting a hard on yeah it's cute and then he turns to bobby and he's like you sure you don't want any of this bobby and it's yeah, like, it was like, I was like i was like kurt do you are you flirting with bobby now and bobby just looks at all the girls and he's like i'm just here for moral support i don't do hot sprays and i'm like okay bobby's gay yeah uh, and then he creates an ice throne and sits in it which is the explanation as to why he doesn't get in which that's perfectly fine as far as canonical sure. explanations go and then amara's like oh you're lost bobby because this feels great <laughs> and so then boom boom comes up behind her and really romantically wraps her arms around her and they kind of look into each other's eyes i took a screen cap and sent it to you and todd i was like this show is really like not even pretending anymore yeah and she's like she goes, do I know what my girl needs or what? Yeah, pretty much from this point on, Tabitha just calls her my girl. Like every time she refers to her, which is like, yeah, right. As close as the showrunners could get to saying girlfriend without saying girlfriend. Right. And so Amara decides she's going to swim under the water, which, by the way, goes into the volcano, which I was not expecting. that. Well, that is how hot springs work. Like it's the lava underground that's heating up the spring. You did know that, right? I did. I did know that. But like usually it's like in a pool that's separate from from like they could just go swim into the volcano right now is what they're doing and i was like okay i don't think that's how it normally works right there's like an open crevice way 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 under the water like really really deep there's like an open crevice with lava that you can see right and i don't know if that's like because of amara i mean later on it's like she wonders that and it could be her fault that like the crevice is open well okay she goes into our magma form and she touches the fissure and smiles and then of course the volcano starts reacting and the x-men above are like wow the water's getting hot and the kurt scrapes i'm gonna fucking die and they like all like <laughs> jump out of out. the water and yeah. then they're like where's amara and they all just screaming amara at the water like she can fucking hear them under the water yeah and then she comes out and she's like we gotta get the fuck out of here and bobby's like i'm on it so bobby creates like a bobsled ice slide for them to roll like slide down the entire volcano that's yeah. what's happening it now. looks really fun though i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I know it does. And then there's a massive earthquake and Gene and Scott are still not fucking because Gene was like, let's go fuck. And Scott was like, why don't we get coffee first? Yeah, because Scott is gay. Uh, so they're drinking So then they're coffee. having a little coffees together. And then like the entire island is shaking because the volcano is about to erupt suddenly, like unexpectedly. Right, and Scott's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then there's people like screaming and running around. A telephone pole falls over. Like it's like wild. Like it's like a huge volcanic eruption suddenly. Right. Um, there's like a landslide in the background of all these rocks and like all of the islanders are like running and screaming scott uses his powers to destroy some of the rocks before they get to the town and gene uses her powers to save people too there's like this whole montage all the other x kids get there like kitty runs up and uses her powers there's like a balcony that breaks apart at a hotel or something and bobby creates an ice beam to resupport the the beam that fell and kitty's pulling the woman who is trapped under wreckage out of it kurt bamps in to save 
save some people. Then the balcony of the hotel still breaks anyway. So Kurt goes over and disappears and reappears to catch them. Mm-hmm. And then Boom Boom blows apart a truck to get some people out of it. Like the truck had flipped over or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they were like stuck inside. And so she blows it open and saves them. So basically every single ex-kid has their moment to save like multiple people. Right. And then finally the rumbling of the island kind of slows down and Gene is like, it's stopping. And Amara says, for now. And for some reason, no one like... Is as worried as Amara about that? Like, I was like, okay, so clearly Amara can sense that it's going to keep happening, but everybody just ignores her and is like, yay, we did it. And then all the Islanders are like staring at the ex kids and like whispering and sort of like forming a circle around them. Right. And Scott says to them like, hey, we don't want any trouble. Like, we're just going to leave. And then all of a sudden they start cheering and being like, yay, you saved us. And it's like really cute. And Kurt is like, hey, they don't hate us. (laughs) The the lesson here is homophobic racist shit is like a white person problem. I mean, I don't know if that's the lesson. I feel like there's a version of this episode that was just like slightly better written and like a little more clear on that point. You know what I mean? Because like as it is, I'm like... I'm not really sure what this episode is saying, right. but I do like that. At least the ex kids get to save people and be heroes. I was going to say it's saying that the ex kids are gay, 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 and <laughs> also gay. Here's the other thing I wish the episode did, which I think is another thing they just didn't have time for. I feel like it would have been cool if there had been like some native mutants also. And like, that was why the Islanders weren't afraid of it is because they were like, Oh, we like have mutants here and like, we respect them or whatever. And like, there was like some locals who were like, we have powers too. I just feel like that would have been really cute. Yeah. But instead, it's just like, it's a really quick, like there isn't that much of an explanation to it, you know? Right. And also I felt like the island was modern enough that it wasn't like one of those situations where it's like, oh, these native people are worshiping us like gods. Like that's not the vibe at all. It's like, it's more just like they're not assholes. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, yeah, thanks for helping us. Like that's right. It. They're like, you have powers. Great. That saved our lives. Cool. Yeah. We're not going to hate you on that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's nice. And so then we get another montage of yeah, like Boom Boom and Kirk go jet skiing. And then there's this scene where there's all these girls ogling over Bobby and he creates a little ice rink and does like the gayest ice skating routine. And I'm like, What's happening in this scene? Like, yeah. what's happening here? And all of the island girls are like, he's so hot. Thanks, Bobby. We like you. And he's yeah, like, and Bobby's like twirling around being like, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, there's all these other little scenes where like Gene is like levitating a huge fish and like Kurt is showing off his watch for a bunch of people and like he's just standing there turning it on and off. That's all he's doing. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. And then uh, Kitty is showing off her powers for some kids and some other people are like taking photos of Amara and Tabitha. And, like, signing like they're autographs. famous. Yeah. They're like signing autographs and stuff. It's cute. Basically, they get to be the X-Men for a second and be famous heroes. It's adorable. And so then we go back to the ship for a second because Aurora's looking for everybody because they're fucking gone. Yeah, and I Jamie, <laughs> Jamie's looking for everyone by himself. Well, there's a great line where Storm's like, are you sure you checked the entire ship? Yeah. There's just one Jamie there. He's like, I checked everywhere. She's like, are you sure? And then like 90 more Jamie's walked out. Walk around the corner and he's like, yeah, we checked everywhere. Literally everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Aurora stares at the island and she's like, don't fucking tell me they went to the <laughs> island are you kidding me and she's so mad it's amazing so then we get to see the ex-kids like having a big dinner and like hanging out on the island 
And Tabitha's like, this is all I'm asking for, to be treated like a queen. That's such a good boom boom line, though. Come on. It's cute. And Kurt and Kitty agree. And they're basically like, yeah, we're heroes. Wouldn't it be nice if people saw us as heroes? And it's like, this is the only moment where things are ever going to feel good for the kids. So you may as well just let them have it. Let them have it. Everything else in their lives is terrible. Yeah, like in two seconds, the volcano also starts shaking again. And Bobby's yep. like, it's probably just an aftershock. Yeah. If it blows up, we could just punch the volcano in the face. And we're like, mm, okay, Bobby. And then Scott is like, why aren't you eating, Amara? You still feeling sick? And Amara's like, no, it's just, I think maybe I'm the one who caused the volcano to act up, which is like, oh no, Amara. Yeah, right. And so Scott is like, what do you mean? And she's like, in the hot springs, there was a fissure. And when I touched it, I seem to, I don't know, awaken it somehow. The whole mountain. And now I feel like I'm connected to it in a weird way. Oh, wait, but that is a, then it ah, stops because Kurt yeah. screams, uh-oh, I think Storm is on to us. And Kitty's like, and that thunderhead looks pretty angry. And there's literally a cloud like shooting <laughs> lightning moving away from the cruise going towards the island. <laughs> yeah, but meanwhile, also the volcano is about to erupt and then it does. Okay, but also this is why I was like, I think that's why it was Storm earlier when they're like, there's some strange weather ahead and like right before that, Bobby said that Storm was the angriest he had ever seen her. Yeah, and you so could apparently be right. she gets I don't angry, know. she just flies up in the sky and just becomes a thundercloud yeah. or a tornado, whichever yeah. she's feeling in that moment. So it doesn't matter. Storm doesn't really have time for that shit because now droplets of lava are like raining down on everybody who's like screaming and running away because yeah, the volcano explodes and everyone screams and it goes to commercial break and everyone dies jk <laughs> jk it comes back and the ground is cracking open to reveal a bunch of lava and like lava. then amara stares amara. at it. amara <laughs> magma <laughs> stares at it and then she suddenly looks really calm and she like starts walking towards the mountain and into the smoke and tabitha's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> but can't follow her because it's too hot and like she can't go along with her and boom boom's like screaming after her and then scott uses his powers there's a whole there's another montage it, there's like a whole another montage of all the x-men saving people and at this point we've already gone through two montages so let's just say they did that but there's one part of this that's to note and that at one point the lava comes towards gene and she's controlling it and the lava's spinning around her i'm it's like badass they are like cock teasing us so bad with the dark phoenix stuff i know so much it's probably also worth noting that storm flying in with her huge rainstorm ends up being very helpful because she rains on the lava to put it out and that's useful as well it's another rare moment where storm actually gets to do something yeah she's not putting out the lava but she's putting out the fires it's causing yeah i mean she's at least like got enough water to help out i don't think rain is enough to stop lava from my understanding i think it can be if it's storm i mean i don't know that's a good anyway, point uh so they manage they manage to like kind of mitigate the damage so then storm lands next to scott and gene and is like where is everybody and tabitha runs up and she's like amara went to the crater i couldn't follow her and so aurora's like i'll get her and flies away to the top of the volcano where amara is standing next to the opening and then she transforms into like her magma self and sort of is working on quieting down the mountain right and Storm doesn't know what she's doing. So Storm is just like, Amara, get away from there. Listen to me. And Amara just ignores her and then dives into the volcano and like dives way down further into the lava. Yeah. 
and like concentrates and then all around the island the lava is like hardening and like everything's cool because Amara's like inside the volcano like quieting it there's definitely a really cool scene when she's also standing uh, above the volcano when she's controlling the lava and she's like clapping her hands and doing like lava bending with it it's cool yeah it's like a bunch of just scenes of Amara like learning how to use her powers basically right so then Storm lands next to the volcano and then all the other ex-kids run up and are like, what happened? And Storm is like, she fell in. And briefly, it seems like Amara's dead. Yeah, I know. Because like the lava has hardened and Amara was in the center of the volcano. And it's like, uh, is she going to make it out? And she does. She just explodes out of it. She she explodes riding the lava in her Amara, her magma form. She looks amazing. She, em- she has embraced her powers, who she is and being queer. And she like, <laughs> lands in front of them gracefully and boom boom's like oh man how cool are you we're gonna fuck so hard tonight (laughs) yeah it's cute i mean boom boom is like full-on checking her out like right that's what's happening here i mean they both have like cool explosion powers so they're like made for each other i don't know that's true that's badass and storm is like how and amara's like i can't explain it it felt like i somehow merged with the volcano like we were the same And I feel like that's something Storm would be able to understand, actually, because that's more or less how her powers work. So they kind of bond. Well, I mean, she smiles and she goes, it seems like you're beginning to understand the true nature of your powers. It's cute. I think that is really cool. Also, they're both black women, which is awesome. It is awesome. I mean, I guess it's like kind of bad that Amara accidentally destroyed a bunch of stuff, but nobody died. So it's fine. Right. Because the X-Men saved them. And it was an accident. So how bad can we really be? Then they go back to the town and everyone's cheering and Storm looks shocked and Storm's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jean's like, it's kind of nice, isn't it? And Storm's like, yeah, I'm not used to this at all. Like, what, what the Except fuck? Except she kind of would be, right? Because like... Because right, wasn't she worshipped as a goddess before? That was how I took it. Because when she said, when Jean says it's kind of nice, Storm says it certainly is. Okay. And I was like, I wonder if in this moment Storm is like remembering when she was a kid and how people treated her and how they respected her power instead of hating her like they do in the United States. But I don't know. They don't get into that at all because Storm's backstory on the show changes every other episode. So like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we had that one episode that was awful where like a bunch of racist shit happened. It's also like, did Storm grow up in New York City or not? Like we have no idea. And we've we've talked about this a thousand it's times. It's never been clear. Whatever. You can go listen to that episode. It's African Storm. Yeah. It's not a good episode. But I mean, we did our best. So anyway, then Storm concludes by being like, none of this excuses you and Scott from leaving the ship for truly no reason other than to fuck. And Jean is like, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. We just wanted to fuck. And Storm <laughs> turns to the other kids and she's like, and the rest of you, I know you were trying to help Amara, but you should have let me know what you were doing. We'll talk more about this when you get back. Which, like, this is 100% true. Storm would have absolutely okayed this. <laughs> She'd been like, okay, yeah, just keep it on the DL, whatever. Yeah, or, like, she would have taken Amara to the island. But Well, I mean, this is what teenagers do. We would have done the same thing. Absolutely, and also, like, they wanted to sneak out, you know? Like, that right. was really what it was. Then, well, then Bobby goes, oh, yeah, the ship. And Kitty goes, sailing the happy seas with hostile passengers and a ticked off chaperone. And Kurt goes, I'd rather fight another volcano. Amara goes, well, that could be arranged. And Tabitha goes, hey, my girl's funny again. Good to have you back, Amara. And Amara looks at the camera and she goes, good to be back. I'm queer and a gay as fuck and I love being gay. <laughs> then she meets up with Boom Boom and Gene and Scott finally kiss and Kurt and Kitty are both like, ew, they're all kissing. <laughs> and Bobby's in the background being like, I like girls. 
twirls. <laughs> yeah, he's still twirling around. He's created another ice rink. Oh, man. This yeah. is a really gay episode. It I, really was very gay, right? I really enjoyed it. I mean, there's certainly plenty of politics involved here, but like... They're, they're not really well laid out <laughs> really well laid out i mean there's the karen who gets her comeuppance i mean a lot of it is like comedy politics where it's like yes things are bad but like they're never that bad and everything's right. mostly for fun and there's a volcano that could have killed a hundred people but it just didn't and everything turned out okay it's i mean it, it is a fun episode right like i can we could definitely say it is fun mm-hmm. i don't know if it's like, it's not very deep other than it like what happens i mean i don't know if this is true in the real world i, I know there's a lot of other weird fucked up shit in other parts of the world where you know being gay is still very dangerous that still exists yeah but i like the idea that the presentation here is like in the u.s people are like weirdly extra homophobic and racist and when you leave the u.s it's less of a problem why is that yeah or like depends on where you go like sometimes you go to a place where people just don't give a shit because different cultures are different and like i mean really and also like i guess that's the real statement is that there's different cultures right yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about this it's gay it's really gay and it definitely feels like one of those episodes where it's like tabitha and amara are just literally dating i don't know how else to interpret that well i know i mean the show could go as far as i mean this episode put all the gay characters in it like it's got tabitha and amara it's got bobby twirling around in the background yeah kitty to me has just always been gay so like i can't not see her as anything other than that and considering that she is at least bisexual yeah canonically now i'm like okay yeah and i mean kurt and scott are basically dating but uh i don't know if anybody other than us sees it that way but that's true that's true storm's also gay so there's that i mean if you're an x-men you're gay uh mystique is not here that's true where is mystique she would help <laughs> she would make she'd really make this gay she would, she would gay this shit right it up. would be funny if she was just also on the cruise disguised as somebody here and just like on a break but that probably <laughs> isn't happening um <laughs> she was karen yeah she was no she would never do that she i would refuse never to do besmirch that. mystique's honor in such a way <laughs> okay fair so i guess we have to rate the episode i think i'm going to give it a four i really liked it i wouldn't say it's like a five i feel like there were a couple things i would like just rearrange slightly to make it a five but i really really sure. enjoyed it and i so i'm gonna give it a four you're gonna That's give it a where five I'm at too oh, no yeah? i'm gonna get a four a four out of five i mean it is one of my favorite episodes but when i rewatched it i was like there's not a whole lot happening here. It's just fun and I enjoy it. But in terms of like a mind blowing episode, it's not that. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely worth watching. It's a lot of fun. It has a lot of fun comedy beats. Yeah. If you like the X-Men being gay, that is exactly what this episode is. I think I have a nostalgic attachment to it that almost made it a five. But when it came down to actually looking at it through a critical lens, I was kind of like, okay, it's like not perfect in every way but i still love the shit out of this episode because like i said i was watching this episode when i was 18 and Mm -hmm. like it was really kind of the perfect time period as i said our friend cal and i were basically kurt and kitty doing the (laughs) same things that they were doing this like running around giggling at people who were dating at the time yeah and also like just the fun secret of the episode coming out in those circumstances i think probably elevated it in your minds where you were just like yeah, oh, this I is mean, like the extra bonus episode okay, yeah right and also like they're in the caribbean and you know that i love it where it's hot and tropical like oh, that's yeah. where i want to live so I it's know. and it's got a cruise it's kind of like a gay cruise they turn it into a gay cruise that's for sure like when it's not gay cruisy enough they go to a cruise on their own oh yeah sure and it also features all my favorite characters from the show so it's got boom boom it's got Iceman. it's got kurt and kitty like it's all the characters i would have hung out with mm-hmm. so i don't know like i mean the wolverine's not here but the wolverine on the show also 
is not completely Wolverine 90% of the time. He's not. And also like he wouldn't belong in this episode. Like I love that it's a storm episode. I love that. Like that Me definitely too. is part of what I enjoyed. Um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of funny stuff in there. I just wanted a little bit more. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at too. When I was watching it. Cause I think you're right that there was a lot of time spent with the montage scenes. Yes. And I mean, that's fine. I don't know. I, it, it's a perfectly fine episode. Easy four out of five. Yeah. So, I believe we have a Who's That X-Men this week. We do. Are you ready? Yep. For me to read for 20 minutes? I always am. <laughs> Who's That X-Men? So, today we're doing Magma, which we have not done in the past, even though she's been around. But I think I decided that we were going to wait until this episode because I was like, there's a specific Magma Spotlight episode. This is absolutely the Magma Spotlight episode in every way. Anyway, uh, her real name is Amara Juliana Olivianus Aquila. <laughs> Olivians? I think it's Olivians. Whatever. Her powers are to generate and control lava and also earthquake generation. She also has her Magma form, which we all know. She was created by Chris Claremont, Sal Bushkima, and Bog McLeod, and the New Mutants, number eight. Cool. So Amara comes from the country Nova Roma, also known as New Roma, a colony of the Roman Republic reportedly found shortly after the death of Julius Caesar in 44 BC. It is hidden in the Amazon rainforest of modern Brazil. At the time, it was ruled by Celine, also known as the Black Queen from Hellfire Club. What you're going to learn from this read-through is that the character Celine, who eventually became a very big Hellfire character, is really sort of Amara's countervillain mm-hmm. throughout the series of the X-Men. And Celine is like a mutant, but she's also like a vampire witch lady. So, I mean, she's got a lot going on. Uh, she's like hundreds of years old. She looks beautiful. She's like, I don't know, Elvira. <laughs> so Amara is the daughter of Lucius Antonius Aquila, who claimed descent from Hercules. I, I don't know if that actually is true or if they like proved that wrong, but like supposedly they're all related to the character Hercules from Marvel the Comics. Okay. Caught up in the power struggle between Selene and her father, Amara disguised herself as a black woman and was taken in by the mutants. She literally black-faced her body. Whoa. Okay. I don't know because she didn't want to be found, so she dressed... I don't know. It's like not great, but in the comic books, the reason why they find out is that she eventually is in the water and like it washes off and they're like, uh, what's happening? Weird. Yeah. Well, that's when we were first introduced to Amara on the show and she was black. I was like, I think it's because in the comic books, when she was introduced, she was presented as a black woman, but then she was like, actually, I'm a white woman disguising as a black woman, which is incredibly problematic. Yeah. So I liked that this show just kept her black. Yeah. It's a better way to go. <laughs> yeah. Right. So her powers manifested after Celine abducted her back from the new mutants and tried to kill her by throwing her into a pool of lava. Uh, the new mutants rescued her and she adopted the magma name after she like took her magma form and survived that. And her father urged her to go with the new mutants and be chopped by Charles Xavier. During her time at Xavier's, Amara invades the Hellfire Club to battle Selene because at that point, Selene was part of the Hellfire Club. And also during her time with the new mutants, she met Hercules, which is the god, one of the gods she worshipped. Maybe they're related. Maybe they're not. There <laughs> yeah. isn't a lot of consistency with this. Uh, Magma recognized her great, 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 great grandmother in a statue. And the statue was uh, of Selene. And Selene was like, yes, we're related. I'm your ancestor. <laughs> Don't believe it for too long, though. During their many clashes with Emma Frost's Hellions, which was the New Mutants rival team, Amara developed feelings for the Hellion empath, and eventually she left the New Mutants to join the Hellions. Eventually, she returned to South America with Empath, where she 
reveals that her father had put her in a prearranged engagement with a South American prince. Did not happen. It obviously didn't go through. Mm -hmm. Um, It is also later revealed that Nova Roma is not Roman, but was created by Selene using the mind control of British citizens to recreate Rome. Magma is then convinced by Selene that her real name is Alison Crestmere. Don't believe that for too long either. (laughs) Selene's just in the background like fucking with Amara through this entire history. Later, I know she's kind of like the Ursula of this situation. Selene's a fun villain. Later, she appears as one of the X-Men who was crucified on the X-Men's front lawn. This was like near the Grant Morrison run. I don't know if it was happening in if it was coinciding with it or if it was later, but like all the New Mutants and Generation X characters were literally crucified on X's, including Jubilee. Very fucked up. Yeah, we've talked about that before in previous Who's That X-Men's. Right. I think Logan walked in. He was like in that that particular comic. Logan just walks out and saw that, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know, lo- <laughs> you know, like Logan immediately has a PTSD attack. I mean, it is pretty fucked up. It is. So Amara is saved by a blood transfusion with Archangel's blood, and when she falls asleep, she goes into a deep coma. She is later forcibly revived by Elixir. It's kind of a traumatic event for her, so she just kind of destroys the infirmary when she wakes up. Amara then later rejoins the X-Men in LA and she goes by Amara again when the identity is brought up by Cannibal being like, uh, didn't you say you were Alison Crestmere the last time we saw you? And Magma's <laughs> like, no, when Elixir healed me and removed that personality while healing me and that all of that was just a deception created by Selene. We're not even related. Selene just like made up all this shit and put it in my head. Cool. Because I think Selene, is, I think Selene does have some latent telepathic abilities also. She's like super overpowered. When Wolfsbane leaves the X-Men, Magma takes over her advisory role role as the leader of the Paragons, which is basically like the new generation of New Mutants. Uh, After House of M, Magma loses her boyfriend because the two of them were both inside a volcano and they both had like fire powers. And like when Wanda sent out the depowering wave, he just lost his powers and immediately died, which drove Amara into a temporary insanity which caused her to make the volcano erupt and attacked a nearby town. That is very similar to the episode we just watched, but I'm pretty sure the comic borrowed it specifically from X-Men Evolution because of this episode came first. Interesting. Yeah, okay. there, there was a lot of that happening at the time. And, I mean, because this is around the time that X-23 was also introduced into the comic books. Right. So yeah. they clearly were watching season three of X-Men Evolution and being like, we like these ideas. We're going to put them into the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Empath eventually just brings her in and she's manipulated by this other mutant, Johnny D. I, he's this guy that like has like a tentacle monster for her stomach. That's his, that's his mutant power. <laughs> he's like, is totally infatuated with her. Uh, but because of her previous experiences of being emotionally manipulated, she incorrectly blames Empath for the way that she's acting. Then later on, Cyclops then deems the former New Mutants as... Okay, so I'm going to just go ahead and say that this isn't actually Cyclops. It's Donald Pierce posing as Cyclops, but they don't know this at the time. So Cyclops <laughs> deemed the former New Mutants as the Brotherhood of New Mutants and kept on making the X-Men attack them. Uh, during that time, Amara turned dust into glass by superheating her, and she also was able to shatter Rock Slide temporarily. Uh, Cyclops was then revealed to be Donald Pierce posing as Cyclops with an image inducer. But I thought that was fun to note because um, Magma can do some really cool fucking shit with her powers. Yeah, like she terrifying. turned dust into glass, right? Yeah. When the Nubians reformed, Magic questioned why Magma kept visiting the empath who was in a holding cell at the time. And she accused Magma of still being in love with him. And Magma was like, uh, 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 no. And Mag- <laughs> Magic was like, listen, I can help cure empath if you want that. And we'll keep this whole thing a secret. <laughs> 
which is like so i don't know magic is like wildly she is the devil like yeah. you are making a deal with the devil all the time which is funny because we're about to meet the devil shortly <laughs> magma is then retargeted by Celine, who's decided that she wants her dead because like this is her arch nemesis she's the ursula to her ariel mm-hmm. and Celine resurrects cypher and sends him to kill her this is during the necrotia series cypher then beats the shit out of magma until she's unconscious and the new mutants teleport them in and they also like get her to safety they bring her to dr nemesis who's able to inject amara with a serum that activates her powers and heals most of her wounds and then after like doug is released from Celine's control he comes back to apologize to amara and that he did it under Celine's control and amara first rejects this but cypher is able to create a language that only amara can understand and so she welcomes it back I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that even means. I remember it happening at the time and I was like, how can Cypher just create a language that Amara suddenly knows unless it's like he's talking to her through the earth? I have no idea what any of that means. And even in the comic books, it's not clear. It's Cypher just doing some weird shit yet again. So Amara is involved with the whole second coming story. She doesn't have anything important to do there, but she is there on that fight when all the Nimrods are attacking the dome it's just like make note that she was there she was involved she had her powers <laughs> the new mutants take a vacation later which is interrupted by magic who discovers that pixie had been kidnapped by project purgatory they travel to limbo where they are attacked by mutant babies who had grown into adults during the project purgatory program uh, amara is captured along with sunspot and she's eventually freed by danny and the new mutants escape through a hole to earth this is kind of important because then shortly after there's a whole bunch of crazy shit. So this is like, this is when we have like a Greek mythology and Norse mythology and like Catholic mythology all happening. They all exist in the Marvel universe and all those goddesses are real. And so like they encounter all of them because Danny's summoned to hell by Hela, but like, not like, Hell, it's H E L, not H E L L. Right. And Cypher's like, I can perform a spell that will experience to hell so we can get to Danny, but he takes them to the Ron Hell. Because all the hells so, are real and you just have to figure <laughs> out which one to go to. Yeah, it's like when Xavier got to go to heaven. I was like, fuck that. Anyway, so this is Mephisto's hell. And we should, at this point, everyone should know who Mephisto is because it's all anyone could talk about during WandaVision. And yep. then again, was talking about it during Loki. The fans really want Mephisto to be in the MCU. Which is funny because it's like one of those situations where no one knew who Mephisto was other than hardcore comics readers. And now multiple now people have to they know are. Yeah, right. about these multiple hells and like just some of the stupidest possible corners of Marvel lore. But hey. <laughs> oh, it's about to get much more stupid. Mephisto takes a special interest in Amara and Mephisto offers to let them go in exchange for one date with Amara. Sunspot gets all pissy because Amara agrees and Sunspot's like, excuse me, you made a deal with the devil and Amara's like, I don't really fucking care, dude. Like, let's just keep moving on. He let us go. Uh, Amara then moves in with the other new mutants in San Francisco. Bobby, like, suddenly is like, I want to date you to cover up that I'm being gay. And Amara's like, yeah, I'm not interested, dude. Like, whatever's happening here, like, yeah, does not work. Ice and fire, not really. Also, you're gay. <laughs> Mephisto does come to collect his debt and escorts Magma on their date. He takes Amara out on out uh, to the third circle of hell, which is where they have their hot little date. Um, and he goes overboard trying to impress her. She's afraid that he's trying to trick her into another deal. And Mephisto's like, listen, I'm actually not trying to do that. I know I'm the personification of evil, but I do also have human feelings. I just really want to go on a normal date. And I think you're kind of hot. And so they end up having a good time on their date. And Mephisto's like, hey, can I call you again? She's like, sure. So then they actually start dating. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of fun. 
<laughs> I know it's like you're watching X-Men Evolution and you would not expect Amara to be the character who also just dates the devil during a mission with Bird Bran, not Bird Brain, it's Bird Bran. Great. <laughs> who attacks and infects all the characters of the virus and Bobby is like spends the entire time being like I can't believe Magma's dating the, the devil. It's Magma and then he just like after annoying the shit out of her passes out because the virus takes over and Magma's like I guess I'm just gonna take care of you right now because you're a whiny little bitch but whatever. During a vacation in Madripoor Amara reveals to Blink that she's been seeing Mephisto this whole time and she's like by the way like don't tell anyone but like I'm fucking the devil and it's kind of great and Blink's like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Mephisto and Amara's relationship does eventually end when she uncovers his dealings with the seer, which makes them call off any furthering of the relationship. And Mephisto is really sad, and Amara's like, Yeah, this is like not going to work. Mm-hmm. After the new mutants disband, I kind of liked it though. I kind of liked it when they were dating. Even it was like batshit crazy. It was like one of those corners of Marvel that I actually enjoyed. I was like, I don't know, I'm here for it. After the New Mutants disband, Danny invites Amara to New Inns Amazonia. During a stay, New Amazonia is attacked by sea monsters by the order of Carolyn Le Fay. Amara powers up and takes out the monsters. Then she's like, Carolyn turns out, she's like, that attack was just a test. Do you want to be our queen? I don't really know if she decided yes or no, because like then she was with the X-Men again. So I don't really know how that actually resulted. I guess it was a no. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like Amara seems to be this character like that all the mythological characters are super interested in. And that was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. I mean, she has two very distinct personalities. When she was part of the New Mutants, like at the very beginning, she was like this little like girl of royalty that was like, oh, I don't even understand what it's like to be a peasant. And then she just kind of becomes this character that's like very nonchalant about dating the devil. Like, it, I, I feel like they just at some point decided they didn't like her personality in the 80s. And so they just wrote her a new one. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. During the conflict between the new mutants and the Inhumans, the anti-mutant activist Lydia Nance hired Mesmero to assemble a new brotherhood of mutants to propel her platform to show that mutants are terrorists. By taking control of Mesmero and like basically brainwashing him to brainwash a bunch of people, uh, Magma is one of those people that gets brainwashed into becoming part of the Brotherhood of Mutants. So Magma is revealed to be one of those members and Kitty and the X-Men confront her about it. The Brotherhood and Amara kidnap the mayor of New York City. It's also revealed that Mesmero was brainwashing all the Brotherhood of Mutants. When the control is broken, the Brotherhood dissolves and Amara stays with the X-Men. Mesmero eventually escapes again and convinces Pyro and Avalanche to get revenge on Lydia Nance for what she did to them. And Magma wants to join them, but Kitty's like, uh, no, I think it's a bad idea to go kill somebody. And Amara's like, I don't know. I'm just going to go kill Mesmero instead. Uh, so she goes straight for Mesmero, gets knocked out immediately. And when she recovers, Amara then is like, okay, fine. I'll just join Iceman's super gay X-Men team. Last time we saw Amara, like she was in the Age of X-Men thing. It doesn't matter what she was doing there because none of that was real. And she is on Krakoa, just kind of hanging out. So... Cool. Um, I think she's part of the New Mutants again because there was some fun. Well, I know she's part of the New Mutants again because there were some fun covers with her recently. Like they went back to Nova Roma at one point. I read that story. It was a really bad comic. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what happened because I was like, what the fuck's happening? It's a one off issue that does not matter. So right. that was the last time she did anything super important in Krakoa. Uh, and fun fact Amara is the main character of the X Men Legends game, which we will eventually get to for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, it's a very weird take on her, but she is like, 
our lens into the X-Men world in that game in which her powers manifest and she runs around New York City and her powers are going out of control and the X-Men come and intervene. This this sequence is also then brought into the opening sequence of Wolverine and the X-Men. I don't know why because neither of these instances are her canonical backstory. I don't know why at the time they got really fixated on magma my guess is that she was very popular on x-men evolution so they then put her in the game that was coming out around that time and then the next series which did include a lot of the same production team for wolverine and the x-men were like well amaro is really popular in x-men evolution so like let's put her in the the opening to get people all like amped up that amaro's here even though they never really did anything with her yeah that's also interesting because i feel like the amaro's powers go out of control episode is this episode the one we just watched right i think this episode was really popular i mean that's also really funny because it wasn't even going to be released originally so like if it ended up inspiring all these other things that's just funny to me you know right i know i mean like i'm here for it i think that was a lot of fun yeah she's kind of like dark phoenix light you know like she it's another character who's like really powerful and their powers are gonna influence an entire island right and i feel like her personality changed a lot and i like the version of her new personality i i want to see a rewrite of this character in the mcu that does follow like the new mutant structure where they find her in nova roma and selene is manipulating her because i think that story is a lot of fun i like this idea that like she could be this punk princess who's like i mean if they do sort of like a gothy version of her i would buy it. i mean she does date the actual devil right yeah so like i feel like there's a punky version of amara that could exist where she would be kind of rebellious against her royal background and then celine would come and manipulate her to be like oh but like don't you like want this or whatever yeah and then leading into that and then carrying that sort of punky personality that she now has into the future so i kind of want to see a combination of things happen because i think that story with celine is really interesting and fun yeah but don't blackface her just let her be black i actually think that would be the better way to yeah go. just have her be a black character i mean why not and and then just in addition to that if we're going to introduce mephisto anyway Maybe it's a good time to put Amara into the MCU. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm down. Or like any of the X-Men. I don't know. But the Eternals is coming out. When does this get released? Is this getting released before or after Eternals comes out? This Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. So this is coming out three days before Eternals. I don't know if Eternals will lead into the X-Men. It uh, might. Well, Ryan keeps hoping it will. I don't think it will. Every single time <laughs> anything comes out, Ryan is like, Wolverine's going to be in it. And he's Okay, and that's he's not, not true. I did not feel that way about Shang-Chi at all because I was like, I really don't know anything about Shang-Chi. Like, he is a pretty obscure character that is no longer obscure because of this movie. Yeah. And I understand why they did it because they wanted, like, you know, they're like, okay, why don't we, like, put an Asian-American character in a leading role, which I agree should have happened yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, but so, uh, Wolverine wasn't there so who cares you know who cares i mean i care i care i care for I know, diversity I know, I know however however the eternals canonically in the comic books do have a link with the x-men because they are responsible aeons ago for creating the gene that would eventually be the x-gene the gene. but i don't think i don't think they're gonna put that in the movie i just I don't, don't know because i don't think we're gonna do it yet i feel like at this point they've said that or what's his name kevin feige, 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 feige. feige i don't know he has said that the eternals is going to change the scope of the marvel universe and that there's two important Ryan, you say this every time you're like every time the there there's marketing saying that it's going to change the entire scope of the marvel universe it's like yeah okay, dude well, they say that about every single thing they make like, okay but then yeah but i don't know it's gonna happen one of these times that you're gonna be like okay i guess that actually happened well, <laughs> okay it's gonna happen in phase four i mean we know it's gonna happen in phase four all right so we have to talk about who's gay oh right the X- 
drive-by with Amara and Tabitha in a convertible together just driving off into the sunset like the end of Greece there's a rainbow and like suddenly they just start (laughs) flying and you're like wait what why can the car fly and you just don't even worry about it and there's yeah so that's it's that oh I mean also fun fact because I've looked at my notes for this season and cruise control does come before x23 I was right oh how do you know that just because you wrote it down <laughs> no because i wrote down at some point what was the official like release order not by what was aired but like what was the release order for all the seasons of right. both x-men ts and evolution we were putting them together for our notes for this show mm-hmm. and i did have it in the correct order and it goes cruise control x-23 dark horizons part one and two right which is of course what we're going to watch next is the dark horizon ending the two-parter is what we're going to do next and then probably yes. we'll do a reader mail if people are really planning out what they want to do well that's a little bit more complicated this time around, but yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so we need some planning time for that. Um, okay. But who's gay? Obviously, Amara and Tabitha, to me, get the top slot because to me, this episode indicates that they should have been canon, but just couldn't be because of the time period that it was in. So, like, they're totally screwing. But they may as well been. I mean, people on this production team came out and said that later. They're like, yeah, these two characters were together on our show. Mm-hmm. They absolutely are. Uh, also, Bobby's Bobby. in it, who's also gay. <laughs> Bobby's the other character that I'm like, Bobby's gay. Bobby's just canonically gay. Amara and Boom Boom are definitely fucking in their little cabin on the boat. But then also Bobby keeps on twirling around being like, hey guys, guess what? I like girls. I mean, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then just in the category of stuff that isn't actually a thing, Kurt is still obsessed with Scott. I know this is just us. This is just our headcanon, but I just have to point it out before we move on to the butt plug section of the show. That's all. I mean, is that all who's gay? I feel like that's it. I think that's it. I mean, that's every character on the show pretty much. But yeah, I like like our gay section is getting shorter and shorter every week because we like talk about who's gay throughout the whole episode. But like, I guess maybe it should be more like, who are we giving the award to? Like first place of gayness goes to Boom Boom and Amara and second place goes to Bobby. Bobby. I mean, it's actually really cool that as time goes on, we get to give those awards to characters who are actually intended to be gay by the writers and that's like confirmed as opposed to x-men tas where we had to just be like i guess it's wolverine again for like a bunch of animation shots where he's it seemed homoerotic but nobody <laughs> intended wrestling that. with the saber tooth on the ground and their clothes are falling off yeah but that wasn't actually intended to be homoerotic per se it was more just like accidental right but this is like this is literal you know it's it's right there and that's actually really cool anyway plugs anyway but plugs. So by the time you listen to this, we will have already done part two of our YouTube live uh, table read with the That's other right. Mutant Ages pals. Uh, Todd, Katie, and Rye T are going to be joining us to read the second half. Well, I don't know how much we're going to get through, but maybe the second half of Wolverine and the, the X-Men. The incredible Wolverine and X-Men unproduced screenplay for many reasons a live action script that was never made because it's really bad but we are having so much fun reading it together and making fun of it so please 
go on over to the Mutant Ages on YouTube. Check that out. Hopefully we'll do some video game Let's Plays on there again soon. But Ryan and I have both been really busy. And until then, we are doing these monthly live readings of these scripts, which is kind of like a bonus podcast episode, honestly. So like, right. go ahead. Enjoy those. Enjoy us uh, doing those readings and analyzing those scripts together. It's really fun. And while you're subscribing to the YouTube channel, which you should do, you could also head over to MutantAges.com and find all the other ways that you can get in touch with us. And those are our email address, which is themutantages at gmail.com, our Discord server, which there's a link to that on the right-hand side, our voicemail inbox, 1-508-319-1668, and our P.O. box where you can send us physical mail, which is P.O. box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. So those are all the ways. Those are them. And... You want to talk about social media or your own YouTube channel? Well, first of all, you can find the Mutant Ages everywhere on yes. social media. And then we can get to YouTube in a second. But first of all, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok. Those are all places you can follow us. That's where we post everything. Hell yeah. I am on the internet as well. I'm <laughs> at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. Maddie's Mitty Myers everywhere. And I'm just going to announce it for you this week. So That's if you can roll right into YouTube. Uh, YouTube is where we also are at. That's the sentence. Uh, the Mutant Ages is where we're at on YouTube. And we do post clips from this show matched up with the animation of the actual cartoons. We do playthroughs of every X-Men video game. It's been a while, uh, but we are doing other things on that channel, which is the read-throughs that Maddie was just saying. And we're really excited to be doing those once a month. But like all sorts of fun stuff on there, including old movies we made when we were teenagers pretending to be mutants ourselves. <laughs> I've got my YouTube channel, which is Ryan Pagella. It's a theme park adventure channel. Lots of fun over there. Also super gay. In fact, I would just go ahead and say anything we do is just gay. Uh, what else was going to say? What else do we have? Well, Maddie? we have ways that you can financially support us if you're capable of doing that. First of all, we have a store. I put a link to the store in every single episode description. You can get t-shirts. You can get mugs. You can get masks. You can get whatever you want in the store. Uh, and also, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the mutant ages and get bonus audio episodes or soundtracks, including the mutant ages Christmas album that I recorded, <laughs> which is it's almost time to listen to that again. If you'd like oh to, my God, I guess we're going to have a Christmas special again. We might yet another reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Are we going to read the, the X-Men evolution one with Warren? I don't know. We're going to have to pick something to read. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll do something. We'll just do She-Ra and He-Man for no reason yeah obviously yeah um let's not do that although the she and <laughs> he-man christmas special is actually really funny and people should watch it they should but anyway um so check out that patreon kick us a buck or two whatever you can afford we appreciate the support so much uh and our highest tier patreon supporters get a shout out on the show that's right. I don't think it's any fun voices based on well, this episode. Well, you could be Bobby, I guess. I yeah, I mean, like, it's like, Bobby would be like, hey, Samuel B, Soren B, and Zach S, come to the island. We're going to dance and show off to all these girls because I'm definitely straight. JK, everyone, I'm gay. <laughs> this is Bobby's new place. Hey! <laughs> oh, my God. So we'll be creating ice sculptures of all of you. <gasps> Enjoy that, Maddie. Enjoy my blown out voice. So thanks so much to those people. Uh, and if you can't afford to support the show, that's totally fine. But also we would like it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating. If, you know, you care to do that, we hope you'll give us a good rating or just share the show with your friends on your personal social media. All of that helps people find the show 
and hear about how gay the X-Men are, which is something we should be spreading the good word about, quite frankly. That's right. The gay men. You know, I mean, they're sitting there being like, hey, we should come up with a new title for the X-Men in the MCU. And I'm like, how about you just write X-Gays? Mm-hmm. Actually, but no, that, don't that say sounds X-gays. bad. <laughs> how about you just go gays? They're yeah. here. How about you just say like queer people? Queer queer people, queer superheroes. That's all it's going to be. Yep. Rainbow wa- Rainbow <laughs> ro- Warriors. I like that one. Rainbow Warriors. Oh I want God. that. That's like the lesbian <laughs> adventures, but Rainbow Warriors. And like also we're sponsored by the Care Bears. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll That's been an episode. See you we'll see you next time. time. The mutant